everybody to the We Are Tech Britannia podcast. Uh, This is a podcast that looks at what is happening in tech in Great Britain and what Great Britons are doing in tech around the world. And here I am today via satellite with Dr. Ranulf Scarborough from the Cook Islands. Hello, Ranulf. How are you? I'm very good. How are you? Very well indeed, very well indeed. So I know that you were saying earlier that there might be a little bit of patchy uh, voice stuff because you are going via satellite. Um, And that's actually part of the the conversation that we're having here because you've got a very exciting project that takes you to the Cook Islands in Polynesia. Could you tell us a little bit about what you're doing with Avaroa and um, the Polynesian um, project that you're involved with? Sure. Well, um, you know, back in uh, back in countries like the UK, we all now take uh, broadband and fibre broadband for granted, and it's easy to, to forget that uh, some parts of the world are a little bit harder to reach. Um, I had to look up where the Cook, Cook Islands were before I came here, and they sit in the middle of the vast Pacific Ocean. Um, the Cook Islands is only uh, 17,000 people in an area, 10 islands in an area the size of uh, Western Europe. And um, hence, they're connected for broadband and, and communications generally by satellite. And um, uh, that's, that's quite a challenge. Broadband is uh, incredibly expensive here. Um, when it rains hard, the signal drops out because of um, attenuation by the rain. When there are cyclones, and we're coming up to the cyclone season, uh, quite often the service can get knocked out altogether. Mm. And um, we all know how important uh, broadband is now to education, work, government, uh, you name it. So the purpose of this project is trying to um, really to try and address all of that. Um, but it's an expensive business. For the Cook Islands to go alone would probably cost it a sizable proportion of its GDP. Mm. But what's novel here is you've got four Polynesian nations, uh, French Polynesia, so Tahiti, Bora Bora, places like that, the Cook Islands, mm-hmm. um, Samoa, and, and Niue, and I had to look up Niue. Niue is another, uh, another country. Four of them working together to invest together in a 3,600-kilometre fibre-optic cable system to um, bring us into the 22nd century. <laughs> so that's what we've been, uh, been working on. Fantastic. And obviously, we last met, in fact, we originally met, in Cornwall, which I think is rather fascinating because obviously... Uh, Paul Kerner was actually the start of the cable run out of uh, the the British Empire back in 1873, apparently. So now, 100 plus years later, there's a man from Cornwall doing the same thing in Polynesia. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, um, it's not just fibre cables that Cornwall's a big hub for. Marconi did his uh, first transatlantic uh, transmissions. And of course, what I was doing there, we had a, a pioneering fibre broadband project that was really the forerunner of uh, a lot of what's happened in the UK, where we were building out, uh, gosh, over 100,000 premises of, of fibre to the home, of full fibre. Mm. And we laid a cable to the Yards of Scilly. And actually, a lot of that was, um, was really an inspiration for um, trying to connect some difficult places. But... Uh, but here is an order of magnitude harder again, I can tell you. I can imagine, I can imagine. So how did you get, get involved with it? How did you kind of rip yourself away from the Cornish coastline and end up on a, you know, a very different coastline? 
on, in a tropical paradise. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> no, no, it was, it, was, it was a real tough decision, I can tell. <laughs> Um, I, th- I think what I mean what attracted me was the um, really the scale and the ambition, and it's it's a complicated project because it is transformational. Mm. But you've got four national governments trying to work together. Um, French Polynesia is sort of part of France, so the French government's involved as well. Right. Both Niue and um, Cook Islands are kind of realm countries of New Zealand, so the New Zealand government's an investor as well. So there's quite a lot of complexity in the partnership. We've got four four state operators. Mm-hmm. Um, in the consortium that are that are working to build the cable, mm-hmm. um, the remoteness of the locations, uh, you know, the pro- part of the problem we're trying to solve also makes the engineering side pretty challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just run down to sort of screw fix or uh, or get whatever kit you need. It it takes a, you know a lot of planning. Um, uh, I think the um, uh, the transformational change that this will this will bring because we, you know, we're on the cusp of um, of going live with this now, uh, imminently. Um, and in fact, part part of the system here is already live between two of the islands. But the international connectivity, we're just um, finishing up the testing and about to, about to switch on. Mm. You know, the impact will be profound. Um, it really will. So yeah, it's very exciting. It's great great uh, thing to be part of. Um, yeah, good fun. Yeah, I'm going to imagine. It's, uh, it was a very unusual. I mean, one of the things that we always said about Tech Britannia is we wanted to look at, you know, what was happening in the UK, uh, regardless of the nationality of who was was doing it, but also to look at what Britons were doing overseas. So I, th- I don't think we could have found a more interesting project, really, that <laughs> totally unexpected. Well, it certainly is informed by the, you know, the leadership uh, in terms of, uh, we've had in the UK the last I guess twenty years that I've been involved with it, taking mm-hmm. broadband you know to as as uh, high proportion of the of the country as possible and fibre broadband as well, measuring the economic impact you know the the, the opportunities in in for small businesses, uh, education includes inclusion, uh, all of these kinds of things and and it's really that learning that I brought a lot of that here and it's um, helping build the programs not, not just to build the cable. But to ensure, you know, you realise the benefits of it. So there's activity yeah. here, um, how government's going to change, health, you know, the university campus that they're, that they're building, mm. how small businesses, you know, can start to put all the things that we kind of take for granted, uh, you know, cloud services and many of these other things into into what they do. So um, mm. it's, it's going to be a very different place over the next couple of years. Now, the... The other piece is the the economy, of course. Mm. Um, as I mentioned to you, the um, uh, the Cook Islands has been um, completely isolated from COVID nineteen. There's been no no virus here at all. Um, but the island has essentially been you know locked down with with no one coming in or out. And and the economy here is seventy to eighty percent tourism. Of course, that's yeah gone to a complete full stop. And I think they're realising the fragility of that and the importance of good internet to diversify their economy. Um, yeah. I'm on the panel of a uh, what they call the Smart Initiative, so helping businesses to do new and innovative things. And we've just awarded the first grants from that. So uh, in its own um, sort of modest way, it's really starting to, to transform the economy here. So it's an exciting time. Yeah, so really looking at possibly one of the most ambitious and disruptive um, digital transformation projects in the world. 
Because as you say, this is actually totally transforming a country, not just a company, you know, which is what we've been focused on here in the UK is what you can do with your business and, you know, access to cloud services and, and so well, of course, that, That's been the other challenge here. So we've, we've had the, um, the cable to build and that plan, but of course, alongside that, we've been trying to build you know, a commercial operator, a commercial business. You know, we have some funding to help build the cable, but not, but not to operate it. So we've mm-hmm. got to build a company, build its products and services, build a team, sell those uh, wholesale services to um, local retailers. Mm-hmm. Part of the um, uh, the program has also been to liberalise the market here, open it up to competition. It's a new regulator come in. Um, so that experience in the UK, because we've had a competitive market in the UK for quite a long time now, you know, what those competitive dynamics are like, mm-hmm. how to make it really work and how to make it thrive. It's all good learning as well that's really helping them um, you know, go, go on that journey. Um, and, you know, one of the key things here is, you know, the retail prices. And even before the cable's gone live, the threat of the cable against satellites caused the satellite operators to drop their prices. So we've already started to see a bit of the benefits of competition. So, yeah, it's, it's quite a little microcosm of a um, competitive market emerging as well. So there's, there's that side of it as well, the business side, which, is, um, which has been good too. Uh, building that company as well, um, almost exclusively from local people. I'm the, I'm the one that's parachuted in, but everyone else has um, we, we've, uh, skilled up locally to, um, to do themselves with, with tremendous pride, I would say, as well. Mm, very exciting and very... Um... I mean, I've seen certainly from the the information you've shared, there's lots of amazing pictures of the kids in local, you know, their local costume, you know, wonderful, you know, flowers and very bright colours and they're involved with the cable laying. So some very lovely photo shoot opportunities. But you do very much get a sense that this is really about the people, not about the technology. That's just just that's helping making absolutely better. And, and, and as I say, you know, the, uh, actually those photographs and, and the kids do look wonderful and so forth. But that's just how they turned up on the day. <laughs> you know, yeah. They are <laughs> bright and vibrant. That's and Sunday best. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Make, a, make a festival out of it. So. Yeah, well, it is. It's an exciting time, isn't it? It's a very exciting time for everybody. I think that's something that, that we certainly learned from the pro- from the projects we did in, in the UK and in Cornwall, that um, it's one thing to do the engineering and the engineering is, is challenging. But actually telling the story and sharing with people the engineering, how it works, what we're trying to do, that, that it is something that uh, is exciting and is going to be transformational. Oh. Um, actually, you know, people are really interested uh, in, in how it works, how it's going to change their lives. So that's been an important aspect to the programme as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. And what um, what actually brought you to get involved with that? Because it's not the kind of job that you just suddenly go, oh, look, there's something advertised in the Times to go and get involved with this <laughs> type of project. It feels like you like either you found it or it found you. Uh, well, it found me somehow. I'm never quite sure how, but I mean, we, um, you know, the, the the work that we did in, in Cornwall, um, you know, was quite transformational. It's it's funny, really, because now, uh, you know, a lot of work's gone gone on globally about, you know, the importance of taking broadband and fibre to remote communities and so forth. But we really did it first, and and actually, when we did it, 
you know, it was pretty high, high profile. And I think um, it's interesting when you go around the world, how many people have heard about, uh, you know, the, that program, the vision and, and, and what it delivered. So, so somehow they found me, uh, which is great, really, because, um, uh, you know, uh, it's a fantastic project to be involved with. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Mm, wonderful. So this is going live very soon with the international connectivity for the fibre. So that's going to be that's going to be another big celebration. Um, what particular challenges do you think you've faced and and had to overcome? I mean, you've talked about you know dealing with the the four nations, all the different stakeholders that have been involved with that, which I'm sure is you know that that's not going to be easy because you need to find a you know the common ground for everybody that you know, that people are willing to kind of get behind. But I would have thought from a technical perspective, there's got to have been quite a few moments when you thought, oh, this is gone a bit, not quite the way we planned it. Well, actually, in some ways, the technology is the easy bit. Because yeah. I, I kind of know how to do that and mm. um, the process to go to. The real challenge is, um, is the local stuff. I think in that... Um, Things like landlords in in um, in the Cook Islands are um, there is there's no land ownership; it's all hereditary. Right. Uh, so you can end up with land that's owned by hundreds of people, and you want to put your cable across it to get from the road to the beach. And you know, there's literally hundreds of people you need to negotiate with. Some who aren't even in the country. Wow. Um, so so that's been an interesting challenge. I think. Um, you know, we had to run a lot of consultations. Mm-hmm. Um, we run consultations in the UK with our government and, and, and local democracy. But here they take it to a whole different level. You run a consultation meeting and everybody turns up. It's the most exciting thing that's happening. And you sit there while they, while they ran to rage at you in uh, Maori. Uh, and you have no idea what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of it, people say, no, no, that's right. They're just getting it off their chest. They think it's a really good idea. Yeah, they relieved. <laughs> But I think um, taking the trouble to explain to people, you know, the benefits, um, the assurances of, you know, yeah, yeah, there, there are risks and things for children and online safety and so forth, but there are ways, there are ways to deal with that. So I think, um, you know, the, the, the local side of it um, has probably been the biggest challenge for me because the culture's, you know, not, not, not familiar. Oh. Um, partnerships are always complicated because you know you, you've got to you've got to drive consensus. Oh. Um, but the consortium's worked well. <laughs> the biggest issue is is that uh, with French Polynesia, obviously they speak French. The, the rest of us speak English, but our consultants are are, are French technical advisors. Oh. And um, the uh, the Samoan partners led by Frenchmen. So every so often we do uh, descend into French, which is a little bit of a challenge. But we generally. Um, generally manage manage through that um i think as well uh, a huge number of stakeholders so mm-hmm. our involvement from the cook islands is funded both by the asian development bank which is a, a regional development bank uh, and also some funding from the new zealand aid program mm-hmm. so they they both uh, excellent organizations very supportive but of course they do have some some process and so forth so you know uh, but uh, the, the, the work in Cornwall was funded by the European Commission. So, um, if you can if you can uh, handle European Commission bureaucracy after that, anything's uh, a little easier. So you, um, you're well road tested in that department. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, record keeping and all, uh, asset registers and all that kind of stuff. So that, that's uh, actually been very useful, uh, very useful background. Um, but yeah, the and I think um, fundamentally here the challenge is, um, you know, in telecoms it's really all about making the investment and then getting the payback from from the subscribers. Hmm. But of course, there's not that many people here, so you're trying to. Um, share the costs over those subscribers, being conscious that the ambition is to, to dramatically improve affordability. So trying to run a really lean operation that's simultaneously high quality because you're carrying pretty much the entire nation's telecommunications, so a big responsibility. But at the same time, always being mindful that you know any costs you incur have got to be um, recovered back from citizens. So that is quite a challenge, but we, we work pretty hard on it. And um, the pricing that we've now put out there is uh, looks like it's already feeding into um, reducing prices and increasing speeds and and all those good things that we've um, uh, take for granted, I guess. Mm. So what's next? It's, it's in, yeah. Oh, um, well, I think um, we're, we're imminently going live, so mm. that'll be our. Um, what I call our uh, uh, eastern route. So that goes, that's our international connectivity out through uh, Tahiti to Hawaii to Los Angeles. So a good fiber connection to the US. We then need to add westward connectivity through Samoa down to Sydney. So that, that gives us some, uh, some diversity as well in case we had a problem on either route. So there's a bit of work to sort of optimize our connectivity, get all our operational processes, you know, really efficient. Uh, all the preventive maintenance. So I think the next six months is probably about stabilising things and, and maturing our organisation. But then we've put out a couple of white papers around, uh, you know, what's next. Hmm. So as I say, part of that is about making sure that the nation um, seizes the opportunity, as it's called, hmm. and beds the new opportunity into health, into government, into small business operation, into um, education and so forth. So we're doing a bunch of work with government on that at the minute. And then the other white paper is about, okay, so this took, this cable took a long time to bring together mm-hmm. the different nations. It was talked about for a very long time before um, the sort of stars aligned and the, and the funding was found. But this will connect the two most popular islands in the Cook Islands. There's another 10. Um, so what's going to be the solution for those? They're still on satellite at the moment. Mm-hmm. Can we find a way to connect those perhaps? link up to the new Trans-Pacific cable that's coming through, Southern Cross Next, mm-hmm. and provide some, some commercial opportunity through our cable as well. So we can bring, um, you know, uh, further investment, um, further improved services to everybody, really. So that's, that's probably the other big challenge. Um, and, um, you know, the populations there are that much smaller. The islands are that much more remote. Their economies are that much more fragile. So it's another order of magnitude uh, of challenge. Mm, yes. So the works when you light that uh, cable up, then that's not that's just the beginning, isn't it? Oh way. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's plenty more to do. The good news is the cable itself. Um, it's a twin fiber, ten terabit system. So there's ten million megabits uh, of capacity on it. So at least we know that will give us all the speed we need for um, uh, definitely the twenty five years of the life of the cable. Mm. Um, so that's that's certainly very future proof. Good. That sounds exciting. 
Fantastic. So um, we're not going to be seeing you back in Cornwall just yet, then, I wouldn't imagine. You've still got a few. Um, well, <laughs> we, we'll see. I think my um, involvement runs until uh, early next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's a little bit of, of seeing what the, um, uh, what the country wants to do, really, because although they're ambitious plans, um, you know, this is a challenging time everywhere. Sure. And uh, it's, going to, it's going to be a challenge to find the investment. So um, uh, I, I will be uh, giving some consideration to what comes next. Uh, I'm sure there will be another, another exciting place to connect. Yeah, somewhere in the world. <laughs> Watch out! I'll be talking to you in six months' time with the new project in the Antarctica or something. <laughs> well, they may already have fibre. I don't know. No, they don't have fibre. It's, it's actually interesting because there was an article recently saying that um, the scientific community would really benefit from fibre because, of course, yeah. the satellites don't reach the pole. Generally speaking, they're over the equator. So they are very challenged for connectivity there. But, of course, it's an expensive business. Uh, cables. Well, you definitely need to it pack the if you're doing that. It's definitely going to be a change of environment. You'll have gone from one extreme to the other then, if that's the case. I prefer somewhere warmer, I think. <laughs> I think so. Antarctica sounds a bit brutal, doesn't it, to be there for a long period of time. But, hey, we'll see. Watch this space. Fantastic. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share about what you've been involved with and and you know, that you think our listeners might benefit from? Um, well, I think it's just, I think it's really interesting that um, the sorts of ideas we're working on here, you know, the, the UK has been a real leader in this stuff in terms of taking broadband out to it and fibre out to remote places. Yeah. And having been on the, you know, uh, involved with those programmes in BT, and it's a, it's quite a big political topic and... Uh, um, so particularly you know, now COVID, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of brought it all back up oh. to the fore. It's been absolutely the right thing to do. Um, I think it's important to realise how far the, how far ahead the UK is in this kind of rural stuff. It is actually really leading. And and actually, the, the, the one last thing I will say is, of course, um, even though I ran um, many of the programmes across the UK with BDUK getting uh, fibre to remote places, rather ironically, I finally got fibre to my house in Cornwall <laughs> last December. <laughs> By which time I'd moved here. But that is one thing I might I might come back for is my fibre to the premise connection and deepest dark darkest Cornwall, which is uh, it's nice to know it's there and ready uh, to go back and utilise. So when you need it, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I love saying this on We Are Tech Britannia live via satellite from the Cook Islands. Who'd have thought we'd be saying that? We wish the best of luck with um, pushing everything live in Polynesia later this week. And this has been the We Are Tech Britannia, Tech Britannia podcast, where we look at what's going on in tech in the UK and what Britons are doing in tech around the world. So find out more about us at techbritannia.co.uk or follow us on Twitter at Tech Britannia. Thanks very much. Bye-bye now.